We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What's going on, everybody? My name is Rob Doster. Welcome to another episode of the Top Dogs Podcast here on the field of 68 Media Network. And oh boy, do we have some good news to talk about. UConn is sitting at 8-0 in the country. They're sitting at top 10 in every poll that matters. They're sitting at top 10 in every metric that matters. Uh, they are pretty damn good, guys. They are pretty damn good at the sport of basketball this season. It's not necessarily something uh, that I fully expected. I thought we were going to have a good year. I didn't think that we had a chance to end up being this good. Uh, blowing out Oregon, blowing out Alabama, blowing out Iowa State. Three wins, the PK-85 Invitational, beating all three teams by uh, by more than 15 points. It was it was a, a terrific performance from from just about everyone, man. And I mean, it, it really stood out to me against Iowa State, the fact that Jordan Hawkins was a complete zero. Adama Sanogo was not really all that effective, and it did not matter. I'm going to get into all that. I was kind of torn on what I wanted to do for the podcast today. Uh, do I get a guest on? Do I sit here and go on one of my rants? Do I sit here and try to find someone that can break down this UConn team? Um, and the last two days, I've been on three different national shows. I did the Field of 68 After Dark Sunday night. I did the DTF podcast with T.O. and John Fanta on Monday morning. And then I did Field of 68 After Dark on Monday night. And on all three of those shows, we spent a good amount of time talking about UConn basketball. The people that I was talking to know about college basketball as a whole and uh, the UConn team in, in general better than anybody else I could have brought on. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about how I feel 
a couple of days removed from this uh, this performance. And then I'm just going to drop in the audio of those three performances. The first one that you're going to hear uh, is me, Terrence Oglesby, and Geo Baker, formerly of Rutgers, talking about uh, the, the game on Sunday night, reacting live. We, we were actually recording that in the second half of the Iowa State game. Uh, the second one you're going to hear is T.O. and John Fanta with me on the DTF podcast for Monday morning. And then the third is going to be Megan McEwen, Matt McCall, and myself from Monday night. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, but let's first talk a little bit about what we saw uh, from this team over the weekend. And I think the thing that really stood out to me more than anything else was the not only the depth, right? Not only the quality depth. But the fact that there were guys that are able to play every single role that you're going to want somebody to play on a Dan Hurley team and in a Dan Hurley program and in a Dan Hurley system, right? And more than anything else, it is the fact that these guys are buying into what they are going to be asked to do, which I think is just so important. Like, I've made this point over and over again. We talked about this on the spaces on, uh, on I think it was Friday night. Role allocation, role acceptance. Those are the two most important things when it comes to developing a culture and developing a chemistry and developing a team that is more than just a group of players. Right. And I think that this group has it. Uh, Andre Jackson was a guy that we all kind of expected to have a big breakout season this year. Right. He hasn't started a game. He's been coming off the bench. I know he's, he's dealing with the injury, right. He's dealing with re returning from the injury, but he's still coming off the bench despite the fact that he's playing 32 minutes. You're looking at some pretty big time transfers coming in. Um, Asan Diara coming in from Texas A&M, uh, Naheem Aline coming in, Joey Calcaterra coming in, um, Tristan Newton coming in, and you got a couple of those transfers are coming off of the bench, right? Um, and normally when you are leaving another program looking for greener pastures because you're expecting to get more minutes or more shots or more this or more that, and these guys are coming in and, and, and filling a role. Like Joey California is playing his uh, his 20 minutes off the game, off the uh, 20 minutes a game off the bench, and he's perfectly fine just being the guy that – you know, catch and shoot, bang home a couple threes, come in, instant offense, spark plug, uh, don't get burned defensively, and you'll be good to go. You know, Naheem Aline is a guy that came in with uh, – was a double-digit scorer in the ACC last year um, and is it, it has accepted this kind of 3-and-D role that he's being asked to play. Asandi Yara is kind of the lightning offensive change of pace guy. You know, you talk about uh, the thunder and lightning running backs, right? You th talk about you have your ground and pound guy, then you have your kind of third down scat back. Um, and Asandi Yara's kind of come in and been that like third down scat back for UConn. And he's 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 done a good job just kind of playing that role. Um, Donovan Klingon, you know, you, you look at the way that he's been playing so far, and he could probably start for like, I don't know, anyone else in the Big East that isn't Creighton at this point. Probably not Villanova either just because of the way that they play. But um and and he's playing his 15 minutes a game off the bench and just doing a great job in his role. So it's the people that understand what they're going to be asked to do and accepting the fact that they have a certain job to do um, without needing more shots, complaining about it, bitching about it. You know, winning cures a lot of those ills, uh, but that is really important that Hurley has gotten those guys to buy in. Um, the other thing that's really stood out to me is uh, just how damn good Andre Jackson has been at everything that doesn't involve like having the ball in his hands. Right. I mean, he's a good passer. He can make shots. Like he can create off the bounce. He does all those things really well. He's also picking people up 94 feet and, and is just a terrifying guy. If you're a point guard, having that dude ball hawk you for 94, he's six foot six, crazy wingspan, crazy athleticism. It's not easy to play basketball against them. Um, defensively beyond just like the, the on ball defense, it's, 
He's flying around. He's jumping passing lanes. He's blocking shots. He's getting chased down blocks. Uh, he is getting defensive rebounds. He has no business getting. He's the hustle guy that is winning a couple loose balls here or there. And, and you know, in games you're running by 18, you don't really notice it. But when there's when he wins you three, four, five extra possessions, right, whether it's uh, saving a ball that you didn't expect him to be able to save, whether it's uh, crashing the offensive glass and tipping something out and, and um, maintaining possession and giving you another shot at the rim. Uh, those things add up when it comes to close games. And and what he's able to do provides UConn with three, four, five, six, seven extra possessions per game. And the fact that he's he's willing to play that way. I mean, he was – Donovan Klingon ended up winning the MVP award, which, by the way, was, like, frankly ridiculous. He played 11 minutes against Alabama. What do we, I know he had 15 and 9 in the title game, but what are we doing? Like, he wasn't – was he really the MVP? No. Come on. Um, I thought Andre Jackson was actually the most important player on the floor because of how well he could fly around. And uh, he just, uh, his role, to be frank, is to go out there and fuck shit up. And when he's on the defensive end, he goes out there and he fucks shit up really, really well. Tristan Newton has been so impressive to me. Um, you know, it's I, I was I was very concerned about the lack of like explosiveness and athleticism and uh, you know, he's not the best when it comes to getting all the way to the rim, but he does a good enough job of getting to where he needs to get to and drawing a foul. Um, he has been a much better shooter than I realized that he was going to end up being uh, this season. You know, I, I don't know if he's going to continue shooting 41% from the floor, but the fact that he's shot it this well means that he's he's going to attract the defense, which means that it's going to create more space for Adamo Sonogo inside. And, and that's that's really, at the end of the day, all that matters. Um, we've spoken enough about Alex Carabin on this podcast, man. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about him. It's just, it was so much fun to watch. And we still haven't seen the best of Jordan Hawkins yet. We just haven't. And, you know, I think Adama's played great. I still don't think that we've seen the best of what Adama Sonogo can be. Um, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch. So what I want to say is this, right? One thing that we do as a UConn fan base is we can get carried away with one big win, one good week, one great performance, um, and set a level of expectation that maybe isn't necessarily fair or necessarily realistic. I think that you can look at the way that this team has played and very easily say they've been uh, one of the one of the five most impressive teams in college basketball. And you could probably make an argument that they're like they're, there's an argument to be made that they've been the best team in college basketball this season, just based on who they've played, uh, how they've won, and the fact that they are the only team in the sport that is currently ranked in the top 10 of both offensive and defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. And remember that still factors in some quite a bit of like the preseason projections uh, where UConn was rated as like a borderline top 25 team coming in. Um, Purdue probably has been more impressive. I think Arizona's performance has been just as great. And Texas, man, I saw them in person and they are absolutely dominant. Uh, but UConn is right there in the mix. And I think they have the best, better than anybody else, the the best kind of ability to match up with whatever you're going to throw at them, right? They have they have two guys at every single position that all do things slightly differently so that you're able to kind of find a way to make it all fit, especially when Samson Johnson comes back. So they've been really, really good. I just want to, I just want to make sure that like we're not sitting here uh, to the point where a loss is going to throw everything out of balance. A loss is going to make people freak out. One loss is going to um, turn the season into a disaster, right? Like where UConn is in a position right now where 
if you look at the Kempom projections for what scores are going to end up being, uh, they are projected to win every single game except for the game at Creighton on Saturday, February 11th, where they are projected to lose by one. Um, so this is a team that is going to be very competitive, win a lot of games. And and I think at this point, it's just like embrace the ride, man. None of us expected this, right? None of, none of us expected them to have this kind of performance early on. None of us expected them to be quite this good in a year where we still have not seen the guy that we thought was going to be the breakout star in college basketball really have a great season. That's Jordan Hawkins. So don't get ahead of ourselves. Don't put the cart in front of the horse. Don't do whatever cliche you want to throw out there. Like just don't do it. Okay. Enjoy the ride um, and show up and show up. You know, I, I live in uh I live just outside of Philadelphia now, so it's going to be very difficult for me to get to too many games. I know there's a lot of people that listen to this that are in the state of Connecticut that it should be a little bit easier for you to get to Gamble Pavilion. The last that I checked, uh, Thursday night's game against Oklahoma State, which we're going to get to in a second, um, there were still something like a thousand seats available in Gamble Pavilion. Um, tickets are, you know, it's six thirty tip off. A little bit tough to get all the way out there that early. But if you're able to make it, like, you really should try to get there because this is going to be the kind of season where every single home game that UConn plays is going to be one of those unbelievable environments. And um, it's been a long time since uh, we've really been able to say that. And, uh, well, I mean, that's not, not necessarily true, but it's been a long time since um, there's been this much to be excited about when it comes to UConn. So, Show up, show up, get loud, wear your UConn stuff, go support the boys because, uh, you know, they've, they've given us a lot of stuff to, to cheer about over the last couple of seasons. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about Oklahoma State um, and what to expect from them. I think that UConn will probably end up being a somewhere in the 8 to 11 point favorite range for this game. Um, Oklahoma State is a team that has two losses this season. They lost in overtime on a neutral court to UCF, who's kind of like a top 75-ish NIT kind of a team. Uh, they lost at home to Southern Illinois, who was like a borderline top 100 team that has also lost to Southern Indiana, who is a, a transitional Division One program, and to UNLV on a neutral court. So uh, it's not been great at the start of the season for Mike Boynton, and the issue that they have is on the offensive end of the floor. Scoring has been at a premium for this team uh, this season. Their best offense at this point is probably, um, you know, taking advantage of uh, transition opportunities by forcing turnovers and getting to the offensive glass and getting second chance points. That's kind of what they are, right? Uh, they have not been as good defensively as they were last season, but they've still been really good defensively. They're a top 25 defense. They don't play as much of like the no middle as, as Iowa state does or Texas tech does or Texas does, but they're still going to get out and press you. They're still going to be switchable. They still have one of the best shot blockers in all of college basketball and Musa CC at the five. Caleb Boone is a terrific shot blocker as well. They play those two big guys together. So uh, it will be interesting to see how UConn decides to match up with them there. But uh, the ceiling for Oklahoma state is really quite limited. If Avery Anderson and Bryce Thompson are going to shoot a combined 10 for 46 from three, which is what they've done so far this season. Um, you know, I'm not, it, when you play a Mike Boynton team, you know that you're going to be in for a dogfight. You know that you're going to be in for a tough game. You know, that they're going to defend you. You know, they're going to grind you. All that said, 
this is a game that UConn should win. Um, and th- th- this, I know Oklahoma State is ranked higher on Kempom than Iowa State is right now. I do think at this point in the season, they are similar teams. And uh, based on the way that games have gone, I would say that Iowa State's probably had a more successful year than Oklahoma State has so far this season. So uh, hopefully there won't be any hangover. Sometimes we see teams get back from these uh, these these preseason tournaments and um, you know disappoint in their first game out. We kind of saw it with Arkansas the other night when they got back from Troy. It's a little different because those guys came all the way back from Maui, but uh, there's a time zone. There's a time change. You play three games in four days. It's it's never easy to kind of get back on the horse and, and start going again. So uh, hopefully there's no sleepwalking at the start of the year. And again, if you show up and you show out and you get loud as hell in that building before uh, for game time, it's only going to make it uh, more likely they can come out and jump out on top. So, um, you know, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about them. Uh, anything else that we need to talk about when it comes to UConn? We, I discussed in these uh in these interviews and in these conversations that we have coming up. So I'm going to get to that now. A couple of um, shameless self-promotion things. Uh, if you're looking for any of our merch, you can find that field of 68.shop. Uh, if you use the promo code cyber, C-Y-B-E-R, uh, you will get 20% off between now and the turn of the calendar and the start of the year. Um, and also su- subscribe to the field of 68 daily. Like if you are a college basketball fan, if you uh, like the sport beyond just UConn, it's the best place to get daily updates, right? Like you can you can check out the field of 68 after dark. There's a lot of good stuff on there. I'm on there like three times a week. Goodman's on there quite a bit. Fanda's on there. Teal's on there. Um, we got Randolph Childress on there. Uh, we got Matt McCall on there. Geo Baker's on there. Uh, we got we got uh, Chris Mack is doing his first show on Wednesday night. So he'll be joining us. Um, but the, the daily is the best place. Every morning, 8.30 in the morning, you get that straight into your inbox. The link is in the description below, whether you're listening to this on a podcast feed or watching this on YouTube. So uh, make sure that you, you sign up. It's free 99, man. There's nothing better than free 99. So uh, make sure you sign up. And um, yeah, go Huskies. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so the UConn-Iowa State game is pretty much coming to an end. UConn is up by 14 points with two minutes left. I think it's safe to talk about this as if it's going to end up being a UConn win. Uh, T.O., you mentioned, I don't know if you said this on air or if you said it off air, um, you think UConn might be the best team in the Big East? Are you are you at that point? What, and, and They're what right there. They what are makes close. them so impressive to you? Uh, Andre Jackson's been impressive. 
I, I mean, his confidence is something different. We all know what Sonogo is. He stepped out. He's made a three this year. Everybody got kind of fired up for my man, and I'm happy for him too. It's always good when an awkward jumper goes in. We'll fire up the people. But for the most part, this UConn team, really long, really athletic. Uh, Donovan Klingon has done wonders to his body. I mean, like, he is in great shape. He's put on some good weight. He is enormous. Mm-hmm. And he provides a different type of lob threat. Like, Sonogo is more like you you come in, it's got to be a bounce pass because he's going to bully his way up. Klingon, you just throw it up there. And Calcaterra was a much better addition uh, than I thought he was going to be initially because he spaces the four out. And Tristan Newton's been pretty good. I, I think there was some hesitation for people to give him his flowers, but I think he's been solid so far. And I, I said this before the season, I still believe it. I think Hassan Diara was a really nice under-the-radar addition from Texas A&M. That is a hard-nosed dude from up that way, and he is a Danny Hurley type of dude. I almost said Bobby, but he is a Danny Hurley uh, type of guy. Just tough, rugged, physical and really brings the pace. And, and that's not even really talking about Jordan Hawkins and how good he has the potential to be. And Caravan, who was two-time Big East Freshman of the Week already in this season. Like, there's a lot of pieces there. There's a lot of pieces there. And that UConn-Creighton game, uh, appointment television. Yep, that is uh, January 7th on Saturday, a noon tip. Uh, that one's going to be in stores. And then they play again in Omaha Saturday, February 11th. Uh, you, I am going to be fired up for those games. I, I think you can tell that, Gio. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to be fired up, too, though. And I'm not even really a UConn fan, man. But uh, but first off, I don't know how you guys watch games while you do this podcast. I haven't watched a single second of this UConn game, just so you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea how you guys do that. But, um, you know, what I like about them, though, is their depth and their toughness. Like, you, you talk about Danny Hurley and, and Hassan Diar being a Danny Hurley guy. I think all these guys are are Danny Hurley guys, and and that's why they work so well, right? They're right now Iowa State only has fifty three points. Their toughness and their defense is gonna is gonna be what carries them. And, and um, you know, just so I, I like what I see so far in in terms of in, in terms of that development. But um, you know, just tough guys overall, and and um, you know, that's what Danny Hurley wants, and, and that's how they're gonna succeed. Yeah, Andre Jackson tonight has kind of had his uh. A little bit of a breakout game, right? 10 points, 13 rebounds, three offensive, five assists. They credited him with two steals and one block. And I, I don't think that that's, um, that's right. I think it's probably a little bit higher than that. But he's just, he, he's an inhuman athlete, what yeah, he can do. And he's, when he's flying around, when he is playing with energy and kind of, it's going to sound weird. He's got to play with energy, but play within himself because he can get a little bit crazy. Right? He, he's the kind of guy that can throw a highlight reel pass. And then also throw the next three into like the ninth row. Straight maybe out take out a guy that's, you know, walking around with the cotton candy, um, yeah. delivering it, maybe hit a kid in the face, something like that. Kids, um, kids got to have, have his head on a swivel. Like it's not yes. his fault. He's got to be ready. Like you yeah, can't you, just, you got to, you got to be ready. If Andre Jackson is playing, sitting press row, sitting courtside, like you never know what's going to end up happening. No, nah, but he, he's playing with a different confidence. Like I, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm about 10 seconds behind you. And like the way he's handling the ball, the way he's squaring up the defense. Like, think about how much offensive ability your team has to have in order to put 71 points on Iowa State and beat them by 20, mm-hmm. you know, basically. Like, you have to have some firepower, and you have to have guys that get places off the bounce. And they have guys – and here's here's the thing, too, and we're creeping up. It's been an hour. But, like, they have guys you can run screens off of or you can run screens for off the ball, 
They have guys who can break down a defense. They have a post threat. They have a lob threat and they have defensive versatility. Like there's a lot of options for the Huskies this year. A lot of options. And we haven't even seen Samson Johnson, who is like probably there when it comes to upside in terms of long-term pro potential, he's probably the guy that has the highest upside. Uh, when they they played, um, they played. How about Klingon getting MVP? He, there's no way he got MVP. He j- he did, uh, yeah. unless it was a typo by Espen. Maybe for maybe for this game, but if he got MVP for the tur- that for that, the tournament, that's that's nuts. That's that's insane. He scored four points against Alabama. Played 11 minutes, and <laughs> he got it MVP. Should, I, I I must be going crazy. Let me rewind it. You might, yeah, you might be right. They they showed him on they showed him on TV, so. Um, they had a close-up of my been on mute. Uh, but I, I mean it's the to me, it is the number of different looks that you can get, right? Oh, every MVP. single player on that team has a specific role that they've been brought in to do and really understands it. I think it's super dangerous when you can have the kind of post presence that Klingon and Sonogo are. You have a guy like Caravan at the four who's like he just he's such a good passer, he's always in the right place, always um, especially defensively, he's longer than you think. He can shoot it. Uh, Jordan Hawkins, the three threat that he is. And then you have Andre Jackson and uh, and um, why am I blanking on the kid from East Carolina? Tristan, Tristan Newton. Newton. They're mm-hmm. both big. They're both able to handle the point. You can put them in ball screen situations. Um, in, in in an ideal world, you can kind of have them both play off the ball. It's just. They got a lot of depth. It's a lot they're, of depth. Yeah, they're, they're, they're deep. Joey Calcaterra, Joey California coming in, knocking down a couple threes every game is something that I did not expect to happen they're legit legit nine deep um banta you mentioned uconn my third overreaction is that uconn is a top five team in america this year top 10 top 10 i don't know if i'm ready to say top five because let's start with the really good this team is as deep as any team in college basketball any team. If you if you had me do depth rankings, I would probably put UConn number one because they fit mm. Dan Hurling. This is a team that really fits Danny Hurling. And to be able to, to do what UConn wants to do, they play so hard. They come at you in waves. They rebound the ball. I mean, they out-rebounded Iowa State. It was comedic. It was 48 to 19 on the glass. 48 to 19 against a team out of the Big 12. That's unbelievable. They, for a big man to win the PK85 Invitational MVP award and for the big man not to be named Adama Sonogo shows that's, you how that's, deep that's Connecticut ludicrous, is. by the way. That is that that is completely I told banned. you last night, Rob. Yeah, I know. It just it completely blows Donovan Klingon played eleven minutes against Alabama. He played nineteen like what, what well, how did he he was awesome. Look, he was awesome against Iowa State. I don't want to take that away from him. But you're gonna tell me that that dude was the best player on UConn last who week? Voted? He played eleven minutes against Alabama. What who we voted doing? on that? I don't know who voted on that. I could tell you what happened. I could tell you what happened. It was make no mistake about it. It was Someone going to UConn Sports Info Director, Phil Charters. Phil Charters going to his coaching staff and the coaching staff saying, hey, let's let's give the freshman class some love. We we don't want egos with the upperclassmen. So let's give Klingon MVP and Caravan. We'll put Caravan on the all-tournament team. Guys, if anything, if you want to make an argument about anyone, I would argue Andre Jackson. 
could have been yeah. MVP. Because I thought Andre Jackson's fingerprints were all over this tournament and all over the game against Iowa State. 10 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. 5 assists. He was great. Connecticut has it. They're, they are loaded. They're extremely dangerous to play. I don't think they're top – I don't know about if I'm ready to say top five. But I am ready to say this. They're a top 10 team in the country. They're the best they've been since their national championship season in 2013-14. And what I love about them is they don't have to have Jordan Hawkins and Andama Sonogo be great for them to win. And that, to me, is really, really good. It bodes well for them. And I will say this. At the start of this season, I said this. Creighton is the clear front runner in the Big East. That is no longer the case. Creighton is great. But so are the Connecticut Huskies. And there is going to be a race at the top of the Big East between the Blue Jays and Connecticut. Here's here's an amazing stat for you. UConn beat Iowa State, who just knocked off number one North Carolina. They beat Iowa State by 18 points. You can go Jordan ahead and stop number played. one Carolina. They're still number one. It's 1036 in the morning right now. And they are still number one in the AP poll and number one in the coaches poll. So I can say it at this very moment. Disappointing uh, team. They in, so anyway, far. anyway, Jordan Hawkins played six minutes. He got a technical foul early in the second half last night. I don't think he came back in. Right? I don't think he came back into the game at the end. That was his fourth foul. And then they just sat him the rest of the game. Um, Adama Sonogo played 22 minutes, five shots. The two guys that we said have to be superstars. I remember this on the Biggie show. We said they have to be superstars for that for UConn to have a chance to win. Combined for six points on nine field goal attempts. And UConn beat Iowa State by 18. That says a lot. Yep. I think. Yes. They're yes, not they're legitimately nine deep. And Donovan Klingon just changes it. Like they they have so many different ways they can score. They it. Andre Jackson, man, he's really impressed early. He's just playing. He's just exuding confidence at this point in the season. Like you can tell. <laughs> That's like, not always a good thing, man. We talked about it last night because uh, Andre um, can make some highlight real plays, and he can also do some things that is just like, what the hell was that? Yeah, but what, he, do, what, he, do, you, what I, do you see there? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I also think like he's improved a, a lot, and he's just ex- he he explodes off the off the screen whenever you're watching him play like bouncing he had a couple of blocks yesterday during our show we did the after dark show last night that was just like holy cow like climbing the rim and they have guys that you can run offense for jordan hawk like jordan hawk you can run offense you can set some down screens you can run some floppy action for yes them. you have you have guys that you can throw it in the post adama sanogo you have pick and roll guys uh, i think hassan diara is a very good player and then you have a lob threat and Donovan yes. Klingon. You can score in so many different ways. Yes. And they guard. They guard and they move without the basketball. Mm-hmm. And no, and nobody has impressed me more in the way he moves without the basketball than Alex Caravan. I think this kid has a chance to be one of the great UConn players because I think he's going to stay around. I think he could be a three, four-year player. Like I, I love him. Love his game. Love the way he plays. He's committed. He's so committed. He has no social life. And, you know, I, like, he he loves basketball. He's going to tell you that. And if you want to get better at basketball, go to Snowy Stores. Because you could you could hoop all. You could <laughs> There's nothing all. there but rains. There's nothing. Exactly. Exactly. There's nothing there but orange balls and orange rims. And, and that's what he can do. I, I love their makeup. I mean, I, I think 
like you said, they run really good action, but now the action's working. You know why? They got shot makers. Joey Calcaterra has been better than I thought he would be. He hits big shots for this team and has come up big. And you said it, Hassan Diara at Texas A&M versus Hassan Diara at UConn. It just fits better at UConn. Kids from mm-hmm. Queens. He's got a New York City game. He's tough. He makes things happen. And, and Aline hasn't necessarily been great, but like he's just a steady guy who's, who has NCAA tournament experience. And guys, one thing I'll say about Tristan Newton, like last night, Iowa State started to creep back in. I think they got within five or seven. And UConn finds Newton in the corner. And when he's in catch-and-shoot mode, it's going in. He's wired to score. He's wired to hit those shots. UConn has shot makers. And when you combine how hard they play with the depth they have in the front court, last year's Connecticut team, Rob Dolster, showed up to Buffalo half of what they were previously. You know why? They were worn down. They were worn down, and you knew who was going to do it for them. It was R.J. Cole, Tyrese Martin, or Adama Sanogo. This year's UConn team, you don't exactly know who's going to do it on a given night. And for what Dan Hurley preaches and for what their style is with how hard they go up and down, they can, they're can. they a legit – I love that you use the word legit, T.O. A legit nine deep, America. This is not some fake. They're deep. They're deep. They're low. They got pieces. They got the, – like when they come to – no no offense. When they come to the TV studio and you hear an analyst just drop, like they're deep. They got talent. They got this. That. No, no, no. Connecticut is that deep. They go nine deep. They got a bunch of guys that that understand what their job is and embrace what their job is, right? That's the role allocation and role acceptance are two of the most important things when you are that deep, right? Joey Joey California knows that when he's coming off the bench, he's coming in there to make a couple shots and then get back out, right? Um, Andre Jackson knows that his job on the defensive end is to just fuck shit up. That's really all he's out there to do. Go out there, run around, be the insane athlete the non-human that you are block some shots get some steals go get some rebounds you shouldn't get go save a ball out of bounds that you probably shouldn't be able to get to um and start start a transition get out on a fast break go get an offensive rebound like just go out there and be a crazy athlete and play your balls off for for 28 minutes and that's what he does alex caravan knows to i think he's going to end up being an nba player alex caravan um, but he knows how to play kind of within himself and and play a role and do a job. You mentioned Tristan Newton. I think he's just kind of – he knows what his limitations are, right? Like he's not a guy that's going to get all the way to the rim, that's going to explode to the rim. He's not going to try to do it against some of these longer teams, some of these longer defenses. So I'm, I'm very bullish on what they are right now, what they could end up being, and I don't think that we've seen their ceiling yet because we haven't seen Jordan Hawkins really get it going. And that's a guy – you heard all offseason from that staff how good Klingon looked, how good Caravan looked, um, the development of Samson Johnson, like some of these other guys. And what they said to a man was like, Jordan Hawkins is going to be a killer, right? Jordan Hawkins is going to come in and be like, he might be our best shooter since Ray Allen. And we haven't seen him get yes. going yet. So I'm, I still think that there's a ceiling there for them uh, to continue to improve. And uh, I would be lying if I said I wasn't really, really excited about what this season and what this team could end up being. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. UConn, well-balanced, six players averaging nine points or more. I mean, I don't think, is there anyone faster than Jordan Hawkins? And we have a jersey. We have props now. It's a little, uh, it's a little Ray Allen throwback. Come on, you got to give me credit for that one. One of my so the only thing that's shooters. good about the only thing that's good about tonight's show too is there's not a UConn game on, so we don't have to see Rob in the background doing the threes, <laughs> pointing to his head and fist pumping while we're trying to digest the other things that are going on in college basketball. Well, we're so, following the rundown. Yeah, we're gonna go right. We're gonna give it to Rob right now. Let him go on a UConn tangent, and then me and you will kind of jump in and, and add our pieces right. too. I think I handled myself pretty well. Like those are two big games. And I think I handled myself. I was, I was professional ish. Right. And that's really all you can heavy on the ish, heavy on the ish. No, look, I, I I think that they are a really dangerous team because they can give you so many different looks, right? If you want to go really big, you can play Donovan Klingon at the five who gives you a completely different presence as a lob target. Um, and a rim protector. You can play Andre Jackson essentially as a point guard, and all of a sudden you have four guys on the perimeter that are between 6'6 six, six and 6'8 six, and switchable. Um, you have Adama Sonogo, who has been playing like a, an All-American so far this season, who is now uh, shooting 50% from three through eight games. He's hit seven threes in eight games. Um, you have a bunch of transfers that have come in and not only really fit seamlessly into this group, but have embraced what their roles are and what they're going to be asked to do, right? Like you don't hear Naheem Aline or Joey Calcaterra or Asan Diar complaining about minutes, complaining about shots, complaining about anything. Tristan Newton has come in and kind of fit seamlessly in as a creator. And, you know, Alex Caravan is, is he is, I think he's going to be an NBA player. I think he's going to be drafted early second round in like two or three years. He could shoot it. He's smart. He's always in the right spot. And I think there's very much still, a ceiling to tap into. Um, and the reason I say that is we have, we've seen like one game of, of Jordan Hawkins going nuts. We know how good he can be in theory, but he had a concussion last night. He, uh, he got a technical foul and he didn't play after like the 19 minute mark in the second half. They beat an Iowa state team that had just beat North Carolina. That was a top 40 team on Ken Palm. One of the best defensive teams in college basketball. They beat them by 20. Jordan Hawkins had two points, played six minutes. Adama Sonogo had four points and played like 22 minutes. The two guys that were supposed to be their All-Americans on the Big East preseason show, I said those. if, if UConn's going to be a team that can compete for a Big East title, they need Adama Sonogo and Jordan Hawkins to be two guys that are averaging like 37 points between them. They got six from them, and they beat Iowa State by 18. It's I did, I'm the biggest UConn homer you're going to find, and I did not expect this team to be close to this guy. I thought they were like – top 25-ish at best. And, like, they're – I think they're legit, like, a top eight team in college basketball right now. And they're holding teams to 58 points right now, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean – They're I, good. I don't know what you guys think, but when I watch them play and I look at their teams the last couple of years and just, just coach Hurley, right, I felt like in years past at UConn, He's almost trying to will his teams with his energy, with how he is on the sideline, with his antics and everything on the sideline. And it's almost like, and I was only in the year with him for one year, his last year at Rhode Island, but his last year at Rhode Island, he knew that his team was better, mm -hmm. right? They knew Jared Terrell was the guy 
and then they had tremendous balance from like numbers two through eight. They were mm-hmm. deep, and he knew he was better than you, and he didn't have to go out there and try to will his team to play hard. And when you watch him on the sidelines now, I feel like the same thing, right? Like his first couple of years at UConn, he's trying to will those guys. And he's like, look, I know we're good. I know we're deep. I don't have to do that anymore. I'm going to go out here and let these guys be who they are and give them confidence. The other thing, too, is like just how unselfish they're playing. They're averaging 19 assists a game. Mm-hmm. So the ball is hopping and it's moving around. And, Rob, you make a good point, too, just in terms of the transfers. Like, two of those guys are coming off the bench. And there doesn't seem to be any chemistry issues. Hey, this is my role. This is what I'm going to – and everyone's kind of clicking on all cylinders. So, like, in terms of the the transfers he took, he's got the right character in the locker room. But he just looks different to me on the sidelines than he did his first couple years at UConn because I think he knows, hey – We've got a really, really good team. I'm going to put them in the right spots to be successful. And it's very similar to his last year at Rhode Island where, you know, those guys lost in the second round of Duke in the NCAA tournament. But, hey, Jared Terrell was the guy. And then we had, a you know, their two through eight were terrific. And there was just tremendous balance. They played unselfishly. And night in and night out in the Atlantic 10, they knew they were better than you. And he knew it. And it's mm-hmm. like he – just watching him on the sidelines – I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like he looks different and almost like more confident and like, hey, man, my, my, these guys are good. I don't have to try to, you know, in, in, inject energy and effort into them. They, they already have it. Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest thing that stands out to me in that regard, and, and you're 100 percent right on that. Like there is a he's not he's ne- he's always going to be a lunatic on the sidelines. That's just kind of who he is. But there's like a quiet confidence about, about him this year where instead of like screaming at someone, he's like getting in the stance and clapping, right? Where he still has that intensity. Um, he, he very much has the personality on the sideline of he's going to kill you in practice, right? Like practices are not going to really be all that enjoyable. He makes that be the uncomfortable spot. And then in games, he is very much your cheerleader, right? Like he's yeah. like in games, I'm giving people confidence. I'm dapping them up. I'm telling them they're the baddest dude in the room. I'm telling them they no one can guard you. Like go get your shot, right? And I kind of like that mentality in the coach. But to your point, with the energy, Andre Jackson to me is the kind of the the glue that holds everything together here. One, he comes off the bench. He the, like this kid's going to end up getting drafted at some point because he is a a physical freak. He's coming off the bench. Two, he has embraced this idea that like you're going to come in and your entire role is just going to be to fuck stuff up defensively, run around, try to jump passing lanes, try to block shots. Go out there and show everybody how athletic you are over and over and over again. Go guard a point guard 94 feet. Uh, Go out there, and when you get a rebound, try to go take it all the way to the other end of the floor, right? Just go out there and play like a maniac. And that was something that we didn't really see that much last year. And last – I mean, last night against Iowa State, it completely changed the game. Like he came in and he when when he showed up on the floor, like it, it took it from a game where UConn couldn't really get anything going to okay, this lead is just slow. It wasn't a run, it was just like a siege, right? They went from being down to being up by like 13 at one point, and it was it was just a slow, methodical grind you down. And it, it, it's, I don't know, you got to cut me off here, Megan, because I could I'm just about to cut here. you off. <laughs> I am gonna cut you off. I like, look, I mean, between soccer and UConn basketball, I mean, this man, we could give he could go on a soliloquy. Mm-hmm. Like Shakespeare. 
You got you got um, you got to keep me in check, Megan. It's all. Well, it's I, all I'll keep you in check there. I will say this though, to cap this all off, it's similar vein talking about Coach Hurley with with Coach Painter. It's finding those players that fit in the chemistry. And what's so impressive is you watch this UConn team play and it looks like they've been playing together for years. Like the chemistry is so good and you have multiple transfers that are coming in, but everyone's unselfish. They can shoot. They're shooting 37% from three as a team. At one point in that Iowa state game, they were out rebounding the Cyclones 22 to seven in the first half. So they're doing all the little things that you need to win, but they're doing it with new pieces and it's happening quickly. So all in all, this is a really good formula. I'm excited to see how things shake out in Big East play down the stretch. 